Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. It's probably not surprising that so many of our speakers over this past year have focused on the loneliness of lockdown. Part of the reason it's important to keep having this conversation is to fight the stigma against talking about loneliness and mental health issues. The physical and mental effects of loneliness are as serious as any other health issue. Health reporter Wen Leong immersed herself in this problem in order to cover it. Here she is at the Walrus Talks Mental Health. Hi, my name is Wen Leong. I'm a health reporter with The Globe and Mail. Remember what loneliness felt like before the pandemic? For me, it was the occasional pangs of longing for company whenever I went traveling alone for work. Now it's the craving for even a superficial chat with a stranger when I'm stuck alone in my home office. If many Canadians were lonely before the pandemic, even more have now joined those ranks. The thing is, loneliness isn't benign. It hurts our physical health. It hurts our mental health. It can even kill us or take years off our lives. A few years back, I noticed a cluster of studies crossing my desk that showed loneliness increases people's risk of a range of illnesses, from cardiovascular disease and cancer to depression and dementia. One study in particular, an off-cited 2015 meta-analysis from researchers at Brigham Young University, showed loneliness and social isolation are as deadly as very well-established health risk factors, such as obesity, smoking, and lack of physical activity. So why is loneliness so toxic? I started seeking out experts in this relatively new field of loneliness research to find answers. As it turns out, the pandemic has highlighted some of the potential mechanisms. First of all, interacting with others is intrinsically rewarding. Take that away, and it's no surprise it can negatively affect your mood. Social interaction is also perhaps one of the most cognitively stimulating things we can do. Without the mental exercise of keeping track of who's who and who's doing what, I'm hearing from doctors and nurses that people who already have dementia are experiencing more rapid cognitive decline. Second, other people give us important social cues. They help provide us with motivation and they take care of us when we're sick. Without them, hospital ERs are now seeing a rise in patients, particularly older adults who are forgetting or neglecting to take their medications, becoming emaciated due to lack of appetite, and putting off seeking care for symptoms like heart attack or stroke. By the time they do show up at hospital, their prognosis is much worse. If while in lockdown, you found yourself putting off showering, eating whatever's at hand instead of making yourself proper meals, or just struggling to motivate yourself to get out of bed, you may have a sense of what I'm talking about. If there's no one around to care whether you do these things or not, it can be easy to neglect self-care. But there are hypotheses that the harms of loneliness go even deeper and are tied to inflammation, our, Im- our immune system's response to injury and pathogens. Inflammation is beneficial when it's helping our bodies heal or fight off illness, but when it's chronic, inflammation can actually damage our health. 
Chronic inflammation has been linked to a host of illnesses, including depression. The other piece of the puzzle might be the stress itself of being lonely. Chronic stress is tied to elevated levels of the stress hormone cortisol, which affects regions of the brain involved in emotion as well as cognitive function. So stress may also affect our sleep and lack of quality sleep can also be detrimental to our mood and our ability to focus and concentrate. The good news is there are ways we might be able to cure loneliness or at least mitigate its ill effects. Because there's this idea that inflammation plays a key role, researchers are looking into whether anti-inflammatory medications can reduce some of the harms of loneliness. If this bears fruit, we may see a day when doctors prescribe Advil as part of their treatment of lonely people. Another idea is to engage in pro-social activities. So simply going out and meeting other people isn't very effective. At any rate, we can't gather right now anyway. But if you just throw a lonely person into a party, there's a real risk they could feel even more alienated and lonely if they don't make any meaningful connections. But say if you do some volunteering or participate in a group hobby, which can be done virtually, then you engage with other people for a common purpose without without the pressure of making friends. There also appears to be benefits to simply opening up about your loneliness. The more we destigmatize it, and the more we learn there are others out there feeling lonely too, that can make you feel, well, less alone. Finally, if there's one thing you can do today, it's to pick up the phone. Call a parent. Call your socially isolated aunt or uncle or cousin or friend. Ultimately, the solution to loneliness is letting others know you care about them and knowing they care about you back. Thank you. Wensi Leong spoke at the Walrus Talks at Home Mental Health in March. And she's just one of the over 800 fantastic Canadians who have wheeled, walked, and webcammed onto a stage at the Walrus Talks. We're coming up to the end of Season 2 on the conversation piece. Do us a favour and give us a starred review on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download this podcast, so we can start Season 3 off with a bang. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.